Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Welcome to the Roper Report podcast. It's official. We've been relegated. We're in League One, but it's nice to be joined by our extra pod uh, host, Graham. How are you doing? Uh, as well as can be imagined, I guess. I'm all right. I'm like kind of been expecting it for a while, so I'm not really the main event in the pod today, though. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> we're joined by Danny Collins. Good afternoon. And we're also joined by Chris Brown. What's going on? All right. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. No problem, brother. Did you just get to watch the uh, the match yesterday? <coughs> I, go on Chris <laughs> good start isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah I went it's the first time I've been back since I left and uh, obviously couldn't have picked the worst here but mm. I enjoyed it mm. you know, I enjoyed seeing all faces and that but the game itself was obviously crap yeah it was right we'll jump into a three word review of the game so this is what the uh, the Roker Report readers and listeners had to say uh, my mate Mark Anderson says I hate football um, Craig Dale says Steel was okay I'm not reading all that. Uh, Hannah says, I re- I hate Sunderland. A lot of these aren't uh, three words, are they? Uh, yeah. Kyle says, Aldi football team. Kyle says, shite football again. Mark Cameron says, still lose this. It's the hope I can't stand, says, utter, utter, shite. Um, Kyle's gone mad on this, hasn't he? There's a few from Kyle. <laughs> Tom Atkinson, certain certainty, still heartbreaking. Uh, here we go. I like this. Sam, utter fucking wank. <laughs> Mark, write it yourself. Lee Taylor, about fucking time. Ali B, or Al B, sorry, here we go. Fuck off short. Um, Tom, we played today, question mark. David, years of ineptitude. Adam, I don't know. <laughs> SAFC, North Yorkshire, bag of shite. Aye, so... I don't know what to say, really. Relegation. It was just uh, just loads of like positive words there, just reading through. But it's like none of them. You're right. None of them were actually three words. No, like, a lot of them were like four. Like utter utter shite is technically actually only <laughs> the concept, two words. I think a lot of people Aye. were drunk last night. I wonder why. Yeah. Aye. So, Graham, what did you make of the game? You're in the the players' lounge, I believe. I was. Aye. Um, Chris, thankfully, sorted a ticket out for us yesterday. Um, which in any other any other week would probably be a bit of a treat, but um, <laughs> I uh, so it's a bit of an odd one. It was kind of it's been like the whole season though has been sort of inevitable, uh, inevitable though, hasn't it? It's been like we knew Darren Bent was going to score yesterday. Like no one no one thought that wasn't going to happen. Uh, Danny, have you got Darren Bent's number or not? Can we uh, ring him? Give him a ring and tell him some abuse. Just randomly lost it in the past five minutes. No, yeah. I get that. I get well, that. I was to I think obviously, I'm gathering he was taking a bit, of, bit of flack from the fans. He, he was not, not for me. I, I just yeah. thought, what's the point? Because yeah. I could see what was going to happen. Yeah. He did get some abuse, but um, yeah. I was, I was annoyed that the likes of like Catamol and O'Shea just let him do it. Like they were there when it happened. I know it's tit for tat in football, but I just thought he is really taking the piss out of a fan base who have had the piss taken out of them a lot. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> I can only speak from a player's point of view. I think if you're getting a bit off the, mm. the opposition's fans, I know obviously he played here and he had a decent season in his first one, I think, didn't he? But um, 
you know, inevitably you're going to give a bit back if you are, yeah. you know, taking a bit of flack. And obviously the the situation there in Burton themselves uh, for him to get the goal late on, and then mm. obviously what followed that um, didn't help either. Chris, you mentioned it was your your first time back since you left. Like, just how different is the atmosphere and the feeling around the club? It just it was just a strange atmosphere, right? Mm. As soon as I got there, I'd, obviously it looked like the right was on the wall anyway. But there was just a very sombre mood, and even though. Even when they went one 0 up, I just thought it's just something not right. Mm. Um, and then obviously the last, you see it was gonna gonna happen. Mm. What was the crowd yesterday? Um, I don't know what the number was, but the, I was in the south stand. I haven't been to as many games as I should have this season. But I thought the the atmosphere was actually really good. I don't know, I don't I know mean, how it looked from from your point of view. It's the first time I've sat sort of away from the southwest in what's probably been about twenty years, um, and you could you could hear them like loud and clear through it, and they were supporting them when Burton sort of like. I had a couple of chances like with 20 odd minutes to go or something like that but it's like I mean I, I remember when we went down with uh, I think it was with the 15 points in the season that came after that and I think it was a similar level of like low point in terms of where we were as a fan base and as a team and I mean you'll remember it because you were both yeah, more yeah, or less yeah. in the you were both on the side then at that point yeah. and I think we started the first five games and we lost them but I never felt like the stadium was like dead. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that no matter how well the team plays or even if we put a few runs together, we know that as long as Ella Short's here, mm. nothing much is going to change. Like when we went down with our 15 points, even though we lost those five games, we knew we had a manager to come in. We knew we had Quinny who... Quinny made mistakes, of course he did. Mm. But he, he had like the interest of the club at heart. He was always there. Ella Short's like sitting in some mansion in Texas and just letting Martin Bain like run the ship which he's not running very well and I think that's the problem is that there's no takeover on the horizon so it doesn't matter whether you play well on a Saturday really because the week after is just going to be as bad and teams not the team's not going to get strengthened Coleman's going to be given no money to buy or anything like that so there's like a we've been saying it for about a season and a half like there's an apathy like in the in the fan base and it translates to the stadium and the pitch because we've been in situations similar-esque before, like especially at the start of this season where we've been relegated and we feel a bit, you're feeling a bit down and feeling a bit sorry for ourselves, but we've always had something to cling on to. Like when Quinny took over, we had Mick McCarthy back on the 19-point season and stuff like that. But you fast forward to now and you just think, what is there to cling on to? Exactly, yeah. Where, where is the positive? Dark cloud over the club. Like yeah. I say, until that changes... The, the the owners and whatever, it's just going to be the same. Yeah. What, what was it like from a footballer's perspective? Somebody that like knows a bit more about the tactics of the game, like the fundamentals. What did you think went wrong for Sunderland? Do you think it was like a confidence or in general or in, it, on the on the pitch yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. I couldn't see them scoring up until like yeah. seventy minutes. I thought they're comfortable, and that's just been a pattern of the season. But by, by all accounts, the longer the game goes, they just seem to be drop a little bit deeper by the minute, dropping deeper and deeper. And then, like I said, the inevitable happened. Mm. Do you think that's a confidence thing, dropping deeper and deeper and worrying about conceding it happening again? So, uh, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. I'd say that. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> the position they're in, they're running against uh, a rival in the, near the relegation zone and uh, probably a bit of fear in there, thinking, don't want to concede the first goal. But at the same time, you're the team at home, you've got to take the game to them. And, and as Chris has said there, obviously, I wasn't there, but, you know, 70-odd minutes of you haven't created a, a chance or anything, you know, it's not great is it when you're at home mm. and you need to go and win a game of football no. the thing is when when you're in that situation as well and from a, a footballer's perspective wh- what do you need from your manager give that because Coleman's been getting a little bit of jip mm. rightly yes. or wrongly um, but like a lot jip of people have what? been like like in terms of when when a team's that low in confidence and when the fan base is where it is like people are looking at Coleman and saying why is Coleman not doing I think it's two wins in 18 under Coleman so it was one the in end of the 17 season. under Grayson I think something. yeah one in 17 and people are saying what, what's the difference Grayson got all this stick and, and Coleman's not getting the same like do you think that there's things that Coleman could be doing to change this or do you think it, there's not much he can do his hands are tied because of the situation the club's in um, I think his hands are tied I think everybody knows that um, you've just got to hope that the work on the training ground that you're doing with the group that you've already got um, is going to pay off um, you know speaking to a few of the lads I said they can't be doing any more in training you know he's, they do a lot of stuff um, shape, the, shape of play stuff like that um, but it just seems to when it comes to the Saturday just nothing can come together for them mm. Darren Ben said in his, um, his post-match comments that uh, 
there Bob Burton's team talk kind of wrote itself with the empty seats such like um, the bad atmosphere the manager just said look you know what to do you know how to get them down how significant is that as a player do you just pick up on a bad atmosphere like that straight away <clears throat> I think so it's it's a bit of a cliche and you'll have played there where people say you know these are in a bit a, a bad run of form and um, you know put them on the back foot first 20 minutes yeah. get the crowd mm. against them really you know if, if you're going there as a visiting side and start well and you can put them on the back foot and I say it gets a bit hostile inside the mm. stadium as you said there there's a lot of empty seats you know um, anyway um, but the ones that are in there if if you can go there as the visiting side and, and start well and put the put the home team on the back foot and um, you know, it's going to go in your favour. Mm. Just seems like everything's a bit inevitable at the moment, doesn't it? It does. It, it feels. I think to me, I think you know. Everyone said before the game, "Oh, Benty's going to score today," <laughs> and it happened. I wish. Like, I wish I'd put money on it. Like it was just <laughs> sure fire way to make money. You're just waiting for for the. And I think you pointed out really well. Even when we play well for 70 minutes, I think we just we do just drop back, and it's a confidence thing. And the more that we do concede at the end, the more the confidence drains away the more we sit back in the 60th minute and we can't it's just it seems like never ending but I think um, it goes back to what we said before about short doesn't it until the ownership changes that'll probably continue as a cycle because mm, the yeah, confidence definitely. across the fan base is just shit <laughs> for that, that, of a better that, word. Like, I don't mean to be mean but that didn't look like a, the Darren Bent that I remember <laughs> either like, obviously he's a lot older but he looked he looked a bit stuck here he, yeah he's filled out hasn't he's he? filled out he was quite slow I think the only thing he's he's got left is, is that killer instinct obviously it paid dividends for him in the end but I just thought like I cannot believe we've let him score against us like, <laughs> I can't believe it it's mad it'll be interesting to see how many how many goals have conceded in the last 10 minutes this season a lot Mm. A lot. That, that, I, mean, I just noticed the last six weeks it's just been. They've had the noses in front, haven't they? Yeah. Three games, then two, mm. three draws. They have. They got in front in all three of those. Well. I've not been able to uh, to see games out as well, which is obviously. I mean, you know, over the course of the seasons, a lot more games. But when you're getting yourself in front position, they're in now. Um, you know, to try and get themselves over the line, get a couple of results, and then you know, obviously, especially with the running what they had left, obviously, Burton. You've you know, if they had picked up some points, they come into it with a bit of confidence that they could go and beat them, and mm. then with the two games they've got left against Fulham and Wolves you know tough games but they would have given themselves a bit, a bit of something to go at but uh, I, did, I did a bit of maths this morning I need to double check it actually because I think it might be wrong but I think we'll, we'll go with it for the moment we've had 119 league games since the start of the 2015-2016 uh, season and we've won just uh, 21 mm. yeah league games that's, that's just mad isn't it like how well, I, I haven't seen Sunderland win since December 2016 and anyone who listens to the extra podcast knows I come from Glasgow but I haven't missed that many I think I've missed like five since then and I haven't seen like I missed Hull and I missed Fulham so I haven't seen Sunderland win in about 480 days <laughs> it's really really it's, it's quite depressing it's a it's an upsetting train ride home <laughs> always what, what, what did your dad make of it because your dad used to used to play for Sunderland as well didn't he yeah my dad was lower than a snake's belly yesterday he came so, in because he came in a couple of minutes before the end and, into the lounge and obviously saw the, the second goal on the telly and he was he was gutted mm. you know just I think he just felt sorry for the lads you know because they, 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 they did put a shift and you wouldn't you can't go through that team yesterday and go he was crap he was crap it was just one of them it was a bad game I don't think it was a good game of football no it was probably a game that Sunderland did deserve to get something out of but how many times have Sunderland fans said that over the last three four years yeah what was the what was the atmosphere like in the players lounge afterwards was it was it quite remorseful yeah it was awful yeah mm. yeah you know there's um, Audrey the, the tea lady mm. uh, you know that, that's another thing when, that affects the, the staff at the club um, and the players understand that as well yeah the manager will be saying you know that, that affects the people above in, in, at, the, at the stadium the, the cleaners or whoever and you could see there was just a an awful atmosphere and you see the lads coming in the players and yeah they'll be hurting 100% mm. uh, Coleman's confirmed he's going uh, to stay again uh, just how important do you think he'll be next season do you think he can get us out of League One I think so I think obviously his aim taking the job this year I was a bit surprised he took it after obviously doing well with Wales at the Euros and his stock was quite high I think um, he's obviously looked at the job and the size of the club and probably thought the position they were in when he, when he took the job that if I can get him safe this season, mm. I can get me squad together for next year. I can have a good go at it and try and get him back up into the top flight. But um, obviously, as you say, he's come in. He's come in there. He's took over the group of players. He's added one or two, um, albeit it's not really his squad and um, it's, not, it's not worked out for him yet. But, you know, I, I gather that he's the type of fellow who looks a bit of a fighter and he, he won't be happy. Obviously, he certainly mm. won't be happy with what's happened, but he won't want it on his CV too long and he want to come back and, uh, and have a good go at it next season I feel for him because the stock was really high wasn't it, it was yeah. uh, but you tell you what if if it's won it next season if they haven't won after four or five games yeah. 
you've got to be asking questions, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think I quite like him, obviously, with uh, with the Wales Welsh connection. I sound like a Mac. I mention this on every pod, but my dad's Welsh, so I support Wales. Uh, and I've I've always really liked him, but. I think you've got to accept that he has made a few tactical mistakes. I think we're persistent with five at the back for too long. I don't know if you agree, agree with that, Greg. I completely agree. I think out of the whole, the whole of the lads that write for report, I think I've been the one that's been most vocal about Coleman not really impressing us, to be honest with you, because I think you know there's a lot of problems, but I think we're, we're united as one, aren't we? Um, if, if it's not just a case of like it's the fans' fault, it's the chairman's fault. We know where the big problems lie, but the form doesn't lie I think Coleman can get more out of the players that he's got mm. and I think the signings he's made yeah maybe his hands were tied behind his back but I think you know there's, there's got to be better options than people like Jay Clark Salter I'm sure he'll turn out to be alright you know in the end but people like Jay Clark Salter is what 18-19 coming into a relegation battle in a division he's never played in after only playing in the 23s no I don't, I don't understand how that makes sense mm. at all I think as well you're looking at that yesterday I don't know what uh, it was up with Corner, but if he's still on the pitch, yeah, it'll change get, when he. I agree with you on that. They don't, they don't get that header in. He's not no. scoring from there with him on. Mm. So little things like that. Because he looked injured when he came off, because obviously <clears throat> where we were sitting was in front of like the the like the players. Uh, the dugout sorry and when he came over he seemed to speak to I think it was the team doctor for a little bit but then he didn't go down the tunnel or anything like that so maybe it was just like a little niggle mm. but like you're right in what you're saying as soon as he went off the defence like shit the pants for want of a better word didn't he as a player though like yeah. you know you, you need to win the game you want, you, you'd like to think that he'd want he's, got, he's, get through, through. he's got, got through 70 minutes yeah, yeah. Aye. you know and he wasn't coming off on a stretcher you know but <laughs> Ultimately, it's it's cost the night. Changing mentality with stuff like that as well, isn't it? I mean, I remember you only have to rewind back to what ten years ago, and I, I can't think of any. I mean, I, I, Coney had a good game, and I, I don't want to single him out as the only one, but there's there's definitely attitudes of certain players that won't finish those last twenty minutes. They've got a little yeah. niggle. Um, some of them won't even turn up, uh, Mister mm. Rodwell. Um, <laughs> Pound on the swear jar. You know, you yeah, think sorry, that's mate. Third with, and you'd have to physically drag them off. You know, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm going to say it, but. There's been players in at my time at the club there. Uh, I had one or two runs with certain players and that, but um, they're all. <laughs> dig, dig them out, don't you? No, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> we all knew who you mean. Tell us after. Certain, certain players who, as, as Chris has said there, you know, if you've got a knock or something, you can get through it. You know, that was why I never want to come off unless I needed, you know, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Like, but as you say, there, I don't know what injury he had yesterday, whether he's. Mm. his hamstring or whatever, I don't know. But um, yeah, as Chris is saying now, you're in a relegation dogfight. 15 minutes left or other you know you try and drag yourself through you know yeah. as you say balls coming in the box and there's a big old lump and you need him in there to be adding balls out and mm. from what you're saying there you know one of the goals has, has perhaps come around where he could have helped the team definitely yeah he's just come over the top the like yeah. the yeah, yeah. I, I mean the um, the, the equaliser was at my end and I, I still I haven't seen it since but I still can't really work out what happened like I, th- I don't think Steele was at fault but no he wasn't it was I think it was unsighted he yeah. managed to get something on it uh, it's he's barely got anything on the header and it's just <laughs> yeah, it like kind of trickled in. over the line w- was there anybody that impressed you yesterday despite the loss Paddy McNair Paddy McNair I thought, was, I thought Honeyman was a nuisance as well for the first yeah. half I think Paddy McNair I mean it's going to be unfortunate for Sunderland fans because he looked head and shoulders above mm. yeah. um, any, of, any of their team you know you think any top championship clubber any, he can play centre half play centre mid mm. I just thought he his composure on the ball was was very good. Just saying yesterday, like the more like his name goes on the score sheet as well, the more other teams are going to go. Hang on, that's three and three. And he scored like thirty belts as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. All of them have been belters. You can yeah, pick yeah. him up for pennies now, can't you? He's, he's not going to be. We're not going to get the five million or whatever we paid back for him. No one's going to bid that, but they're going to bid enough to be quite tempting because I think it's I think it's been shown you know all thinking that we're going to be getting like a bit of a purge of the playing staff but I think it's been shown that Martin Bain's not that good of a negotiator he send, he'll send them all out on loan and we'll get nothing back so for anyone to think we're going to get good money that's going to make it worth it to get rid of arguably at the minute probably our best player who'll be head and shoulders above anyone in that league I think we'll get maybe a million and a half two million mm. something so like what, that what route do you think they're going to go down then in terms of do they go with youth or mm. the loans I, I, w- I would like to see us go with youth and, yeah. and build the team around Gucci who by all accounts was devastated yesterday Honeyman players like that proper grafters and 
to be honest, I would like to see us not rely on the loan market. I mean, if we've got to for bodies, then fair enough. But I think we develop other yeah, people's start, players. Start the season, yeah, you want your own squad. Yeah, yeah, If it gets to January and we need yeah. reinforcements, yeah, then, then fair enough. It, yeah. But if you go into the Premier League and getting getting young young lads, 18, 19 year old <laughs> playing League One, it's not not an easy league. No, you know, it's, it's not completely not. different to this under twenty three. And, and mm. can you rely on yeah. them to come into a, a struggling environment? It's, it's different running. football, I think. I, I had this discussion last week. We've got a couple of lads who come to our place. We've got a lad coming from Villa, one's from Norwich. Um, we've had a lad from Derby. It's a different ball game to playing nice football on a Saturday morning at half ten kickoff on a nice training pitch. No pressure. 20, really 20 30 people watching it. Um, you have it, we have it, sort of pedestrian yeah. type football as opposed to going to League One, League Two games where a lot of aerial battles with I can see I've got a scratch yeah, the <laughs> yeah 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 but um, you know you're coming up against it it's a tough old league to get into and uh, it's a learning curve for these lads you know mm. and the lads were they're not 18, 19 some of them like I'm old Gucci he's 22, 23 21, yeah. 23 but see we have a problem in the way we've kind of matured these lads as well like we've kept them in the youth teams for too uh, long we haven't really sent them out on loan um, and they've come in they've done the best they can and they obviously care but I know Henderson went out Callback went out Pickford went out on loan and these lads have gone on and, and done decent things but Gooch and Honeyman haven't really had that I think Honeyman was at Gateshead for eight games yeah. or something like that so they've been come in expected to make an impact and obviously haven't been able to save us but Nah, I think it's, it's a shame. It's a tough one. I mean, they probably haven't played 50, 50, game, 50 league no, games, have they? Not. No, probably not. Um, but the, 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 the Sunderland's players, you might as well next season start integrating them in. It almost just say, right, you're going to be in the team all season. Yeah. And see where we are, rather than going to whoever and getting an 18-year-old who hasn't kicked the ball, probably doesn't want to be there. And if you look at the success stories that we've had this season, I mean, people might disagree with me on this, but I think Cunningham's been probably far and wide one of our best players oh, he's been player of the season, and I think I, I love watching Lyndon Gooch I think um, I mean in the, in the players down yesterday he was gutted he wasn't speaking to anyone wasn't even speaking to his lass uh. and I just thought that's a lad that genuinely feels it the same way that we do and I think I think that's got a bit of quality as well and I think you know they've played well Honeyman's probably played about 40 games Gooch has probably played about 20 there's got to be some players that you know, given ten, fifteen games in that league, like in the league, uh, league one, and I think you know potentially there could end up being slight success stories. We're not, we're not a Premiership team anymore. We don't have no. to look at these players like Honeyman and Gooch and say, can they cut it in the Premiership? Yeah. They've got to cut it in League One. The likes of Tommy Robson, who's obviously just gone to Falkirk. I'm living up in Glasgow and Ireland's the one for me as well. Well, I work, I work with a, a Falkirk fan and a Dunfermline fan, and they're both absolutely rave about them. And I think, mm. I, I mean, I don't watch Scottish Championship football that much, to be honest, but it cannot be that much different to League One. It's not a massive uh, golf, is it? No, no, you wouldn't think so. No, probably not. No, I mean, it must, like, it must be. It's a learning curve when you come from, as you say, that sanitised under twenty three style football, and then you're playing up against a defender whose mortgage is on the line on the wind bonus or something you know what I mean like, that's going to teach you a few things isn't it yeah it's the best best thing I ever did you know, mm. going out playing in League 2 you did Doncaster did you I say I went to Donny yeah. and it was an it was an eye opener um, but at the end of that season I just felt like that could mm. and, and I, I was, I've said to you before Graham that managers you get the trust of the manager then yeah you know they've seen that you, you can go and play in big games on a Saturday when there's thousands there and let's say people are trying to get the three points for the bonuses or whatever it can only be good for the player because you came back and played against was a crew wasn't it you first came back and went and scored two goals after that loan more or less that was um, yeah well I had the season at Donny and then it was the beginning of the next season that's right and crew yeah McCarthy was good for stuff like that he, he brought a few of the young lads to give him a bit of trust and that. they didn't, didn't all work out but <laughs> I, I just think I, I don't see you know where where the negative is of, and I don't mean like throw the kids in because you know sometimes our young lads get absolutely battered like in in the under twenty threes but there's, there's been enough success stories I think from the academy recently and I don't mean the Hendersons and the callbacks I mean the likes of Honeyman and Gooch who've come through and, and been if there is any bright sparks in this season it's been them I, I don't see a problem with it but you might be right in what you're saying a lot of these young lads that are coming through haven't been like. Um, they haven't got battle scars because they haven't been allowed to go out on no. loan from from what I've been told they have, they've been stopped from going out on loan and now you've got the likes of Bethan and that going sorry Graham Gooch went right? to Donny didn't he who went uh, Lyndon Gooch went to Doncaster on uh, he did uh, he did he went, he went to Donny for a bit he wasn't all that great but he's probably came away knowing what's expected to mm. you know you, you need a bad experience from that and think right I need to knuckle down yeah. now because mm. it's not all this you know being at a Premier League club uh, getting everything done for us he's probably gone to Donny where 
it's a bit of an eye opener for him and then thought yeah. right I'm going to buckle down and, and, and I make think, sure that I give it a go here you know from what we've heard and stuff like that and I mean everything's everything's hearsay isn't it but the likes of um, likes of Beadlin and Robson um, Robson's obviously left they, they actively wanted to go out on loan and they, they had the appetite for being like well you know let us show you what I've got and let us come back I think we've had to force the issue though to, to be yeah. allowed to go out on loan which is the worrying thing for me and, and I don't know the reason really behind it but I mean you look at the likes of um, Reese Greenwood was looked head and shoulders three years ago above the rest of the players Allardyce gave him his debut and now he's 23 and he's, he's had to go to Gateshead because he hasn't been allowed to go out on loan I mean who, who's actively finding who's actively seeing the issues we have in the club knowing that we have no money knowing that we might have to use these lads because we're likely to go down and not allowing them to have like a year out on loan I think we're doing a disservice to the lads as well because of, I think they're, we are they're in a bad well. position when the contract was suddenly yeah, ends aren't yeah, they yeah. and it's saying 22, 23 is not that young so young no. is it I mean I bet you played yeah. 100, 100 yeah, games yeah. <laughs> obviously I came the other way I, I got yeah. learning curve because I was yeah, at Chester yeah. so yeah. I was League 2 conference and then Game coming up. here was a big eye opener for me mm. going the other way but I knew obviously what it was all about doing at the other side of the yeah, yeah. whereas as you say there by the time I came to Sunderland you know great training ground you know stadium everything set up for you and half of these boys that were there you know the 18, 19 year old boys around the training ground probably thought well this is crushed it you know I've made it here yeah, yeah, yeah. they haven't as you say until they until they go out to a, a league one league two club to get some experience and stuff and they're not going to know anything different mm-hmm. uh, we'll, go, we'll go for a bit of light relief I was um, I was at the, the Peacock for the Wise Men show yesterday with you Chris and you you told an amusing story about uh, McCarthy you used to Mick McCarthy used to kick you up in here yeah you thought, thought he didn't like you yeah I, I was beginning to think it was personal a little bit um <laughs> You remember that? Remember yeah, I do actually. Yeah, no, you mentioned he, it. Yeah. He just plonked himself yeah. at centre half, whichever yeah. team. He, I was he on. always used to play in training, did he? He just yeah. joined, you know, if you had a five aside or yeah. whatever. And I don't think there was times when I didn't even have the ball, and he just he just blitzed <laughs> running up, just running <laughs> the back of us and that, and <laughs> elbows, and and he, he never said afterwards or why he was doing it. But mm. I know now, looking back, that that's what he was trying to do. You know, mm. if if there was a ball coming in the box and I wasn't getting across that he was, he was shouting you, you know fucking can I, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, like, go for it man as much um, as you want <laughs> well, that's, that's just I think because he, he liked a big man you know he had mm. Kaya Kevin Kyle there um, he's always liked a big target man and he, he obviously saw that I could do, be doing a lot more um, with me with me size mm. and but it was funny it's funny looking back at it I can imagine him being quite the competitor actually I love oh, Mick McCarthy yeah. I absolutely love him I know some people talk about the relegation season but whenever he's on TV I just watch him yeah. I'm just like he's going to say something funny I like, thought it class. was I thought it was marvellous the way he left Ipswich like the sheer panic <laughs> on the journalists <laughs> in the journalist voices when he just went right I'm going they're all just like what <laughs> give, give us a line please <laughs> like, shit. I, wasn't, I wasn't very happy with the performance but I don't have to worry about it anymore because <laughs> I'm <laughs> off it's <laughs> out typical of the guy really yeah, isn't it was to be fair to be honest he was honest as, as he called you know mm. if the lads come down the corridor on a Friday and if he was thinking obviously dropping boys he'd, he'd shout them in his office you know honestly and let you know that's what you want as a player yeah. isn't it you get mm. some managers who they'll put the team up at half one on a Saturday so some lads struggle to get their head around that yeah, don't yeah. they you'd rather know when you're on a Friday yeah. Yeah, yeah. get your head around it Friday night and then you know you're prepared ready rather than you know 20 minutes before you used to go out for a warm up and Mick mm. was honest like that and tells it as it is really you know. mm. and it, d- it did matter if you were 18 year old or 32 year old he spoke mm. to you exactly the same, same way that, yeah yeah, yeah. You know, you just you said I was probably 18, 19. He spoke to me the same way as he'd speak to Marcus Stewart, mm-hmm. who yeah. 10, 10, 12 years older than me. How good was Marcus Stewart? He, he scored the, the first ever goal I saw at the stadium. Well, I didn't see it actually. It was my first ever game. I missed the goal because my mother wanted to go for a coffee, but he scored it. But what was he like in, in training? Good money. Good Stewart. Yeah. Last little side to him a bit as well. I was thought, it? Yeah. Good finish here, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, and a good character. Yeah, he was brilliant. But yeah. probably the same what he said about Bent. Because um, Stewie was at the end of his career really at Sunderland but you just knew that he knew where to be you know he's the type little things that you can't probably teach just experience of getting across people being at the right place at the right time and he popped up some vital goals didn't he for yeah, us yeah. obviously his pace had sort of gone under yeah. by then but he mm. you know, didn't, need, yeah. didn't need it so he speaks his first five yards movement. in his head and getting in positions and stuff yeah, yeah. it's funny you talk about like Marcus Stewart I'll tell you one thing that I find quite interesting it's like um, I think you've both been in the situation like we're talking before like not not where we are now but like obviously you've both had that experience of being relegated from the premiership and I think um, obviously when we came down when Quinny was manager we struggled at the start yeah. but 
one one big thing I remember is he brought in Roy Keane that is brought in like uh, Kavanagh Connolly brought in a lot of experienced heads and that seemed to change that was it but a lot of people look at Roy Keane has been the thing that changed but how much did it help having the characters of like Kavanagh and that team and do you think that's maybe what Coleman's missed that he hasn't had the money to spend on players that he trusts that he knows are the right characters that are going to come in and go what the fuck's going on here let's sort it out and move forward do you think do you think we kind of missed that like we've signed too many young boys that are not big enough characters whereas previously Roy Keane was like bringing big yeah. big characters with big experience and, and could lead the younger lads through I think we've missed that because there's only O'Shea and Catamore and yeah <laughs> no I think you're right I think he um, obviously sort of Liam Miller came in didn't he yes you know, Liam Miller was, yeah you know two big characters there for you straight away she said Cav came in Dave yeah. Connolly Dave Connolly um, great song you know obviously Danny Simpson and, and Johnny were, were young lads at the time but you know obviously been a good pedigree and um, you know Johnny's obviously gone on to bigger and better things since and, uh, so he did bring in some good characters and yeah. probably there's a good mentality around them them players and obviously we, as you said earlier we, we got off to a bad start we lost the first five didn't we under Quinney yeah. Yeah. Um, then Roy came in brought a lot of players in uh, in a short space of time and uh, and we kicked on from there I think we had like 22-23 games unbeaten then we went on a good run and uh, catapulted class. the top end of the table so. <laughs> one of my favourite times ever yeah. that brilliant was it Easter Monday when we beat Southampton 2-1 Ledbetter scored that's it yeah well, was it a bit annoying for you that Roy Keane didn't really want to celebrate that promo- promotion because he, he didn't want to do the open didn't top didn't want to do the open top uh, like that, no, I can see I can see why yeah. um, at the time you know as he said you know you've already been up you've just come back down You know, so I can see why if they hadn't yeah. been Suddenly, I've been in the Premier League for twenty years or something or ten years. They don't understand. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I'm saying. But obviously, I'm just come down. He's probably thinking, well, it's not that mm. big an achievement in in terms of you only went up two years ago. Yeah. So you could you come back down again. So would you like to have that memory though, looking back? Like, <clears throat> well, we had, we had one the we had one the first time round under Mick. Anyway. Oh, did you? Yeah. 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 So you know, that was a good experience and yeah. it was a good day and stuff. But yeah, I can from Mick's uh, sorry from Roy's side of it. I can see I can see where he's. I think there's the likes of Darren Ward and whatnot. I remember Darren Ward spoke about it and he said it was like the biggest thing for him and I think yeah. probably like like you were saying you had it under McCarthy and you, yeah. you, you had that experience I suppose for people like but as, as, you know what as a fan I, I kind of liked it for me it was kind of like sticking your chest out and it's like we're Sunderland we're, we're bigger than this yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that was that was a good thing to do because when we went up it didn't feel like we were and I, and I know we were but it didn't feel like we were relegation candidates it felt yeah. like you well, know like under Roy really Keane pleased to be there. if we're going down we're going down fighting yeah. 100% mm. right we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with a bit of a light hearted humour I think Hello and welcome back to the Rope Report podcast. Um, we're going to have a bit of a light-hearted relief and discuss why Chris Brown was suspended from first-team duties when, how old were you? Uh, 17. 17, and it uh, was a, a paintballing incident, I believe. Yeah. Talk, talk us through what happened. Well, it went on for a couple of weeks. The um, the actual process of from, from buying the... We went, like, basically, we were after training, we went... <laughs> from buying oh, the cut, guns. Cut, cut, cut the crap. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to say the suspension. No, no, no. It was a well thought out. It thing. wasn't just one. We did it for weeks. Case went on. Yeah. <laughs> we um, mean about must have been eight or nine of the lads went to the gadget shop in town. Mm. The and, bridges. Uh, like, that's that's a in the bridges. Gadget uh, shop. We just having a little look around. You know, just little joke things that we used to mess about with. Mm. And um, it definitely wasn't me, but somebody's picked up this little plastic uh, toy gun, paintball gun. I think mm. it was like. I don't know if it was three for a tenner or something. It was that, you know. <laughs> and on the um, on the packaging, it said not to be used by people over three, like uh, people younger than three. Um, and you buy the little uh, paintball sachet things that you went with it. It's like, exciting this. Let's let's go. Let's head for the seafront. <laughs> 
So, like I say, there was basically four of us got caught, but there was a lot of lads in that youth team who were, who were lucky, put it mm -hmm. that way, who were involved. And uh, so we'd just go down the seafront in absolute convoy your cars and just picking people off. You know, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't dangerous. It might be a lie, but it wouldn't. It didn't hurt you. It, it, it didn't time. hurt you. No, it wasn't a prop. It was like a toy, yeah, yeah, yeah. toy gun. Um, and this went on for a couple of weeks. It was obviously great fun at the time. You know, just anybody sort of a bus stop or um just stick one in the back and just let, watch it explode on the back. You know, seventeen-year-old. We it does sound like stupid. <laughs> so this went on for a couple of weeks. Obviously, more and more of the lads had uh, invested in these guns. So there was a bigger convoy of cars going down the seafront. <laughs> but the gadget shop were pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Profits were through the roof. Football <laughs> <laughs> just going up. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, this one particular day, there was just four of us um, gone out know, again down the seafront or wherever. Um, went out for a couple of hours and then I've gone home just so right lads I'll see you in the morning there's a couple of lads were staying in digs and I got a phone call about an hour and a half later from Sean Taylor I said ah oh, Brownie um, I'm just at the police station um, <laughs> the, the police came to the door there's nothing to worry about they said they just want to see the gun to make sure that it's not harmful or dangerous so I says, all right. So I says, is everything all right? He says, yeah, yeah. He says, don't, don't panic. Just bring the gun in and then we'll, we'll be fine. Mm. So I've drove through. Um, they've obviously said that they threw theirs away or something, but they just wanted to see the gun. So I've took it through. Um, sat us in a cell for 20 minutes. Um, Wait, was your ass twitching by this time or...? Uh, nah, because the cop was they were, they were laid back. They were yeah, It wasn't yeah. like we were arrested. And, and mm. they just said, oh, we just that's fine. We just want to see the gun. Yeah. Um, and he went... On the way out, I said, "Oh, this isn't going, going to go any further. It's not going to get to the club, is it?" And he went, "No, nah, no." Nah. I said, "We're just, going, we're just kids messing about." He said, "Don't worry about it." So I've gone home, reported for training the next day, walking in the in the academy, yeah. and Taff was stood at the bottom of the corridor, like pretending with a, with a, a fake gun. gun. Oh, he came geez. out <laughs> like Alan Partridge. <laughs> uh, sorry, Taff's Ian Evans, um, Ian assistant. Um, so he's walking down the corridor, pretending to shoot us, having a bit of a laugh and a joke. <laughs> So I was like, oh my God, what's, what's happened here? Um, went out to train and Mick McCarthy said, right lads, before we uh, before we start, um, can these four just get, get in the goal um, and pull your shorts down mm. and basically <laughs> bend over, we're going to kick balls at you. So it was all a bit of a bit of a laugh and this and that. Um, drove home after training, um, saw the sign on the outside the news agents, SAFC firing squad. <laughs> Oh, that's good. not good. Um, <laughs> reading up on it and whatever, and, and even then I didn't think that it was. I didn't realise the severity of it. Were, um, were the reports exaggerated? Um, do, do you know what? I just think because obviously at the end of the story there was a thing at the bottom saying if you had been a victim of these things, <laughs> and because there was that You're many the lads, there there. was that many lads involved. <laughs> who it wasn't us that did it. There was, could have been anybody shot them. There was people coming forward saying I, I was withdrawn money from the cash point and I got this on the back of me. <laughs> I put the BBC put the BBC News on um, that night, and there was a woman from um, Newcastle, like one of them professional paintball things that were about a metre long. And she went, "How would you like? How would you like this um, pointed at you from a car window?" And she had on her shoulder like there was a rocket launcher, <laughs> like a flamethrower. So it just got blown massively. From my point of view, it got blown massively out of uh, proportion. But um, I can't remember how we found out we were suspended. I don't know if it was Mick or I don't know if it was the chief exec, it might be Mark Backbone or something. Um, but he said just stay away, stay away for two weeks. And there were people wanting us sacked, and and it was stupid. You know what I mean? We were we were, we were young, but we weren't. There was no malice in it. It was just to try and have a bit of crack and and whatever. And it it went a little bit too far. But mm. um, you know, I think because obviously we were people wanting us sacked and stuff. That's when it, I started to realise that I might have been in a bit of bother. Mm. Um, so I stayed away from the club for two weeks. Um, and then I think he was played on the Saturday and mm. there was a couple of injuries. I think Stewie and you know, somebody got injured. Yeah, yeah. Or he wanted to rest some players because we we're playing the Carlin Cup on the Tuesday. Because you were the highest profile of the lads to be suspended because you'd been on the bench. I'd been on the bench, yeah. So I think I got I got a lot of, a lot of stick. Mm. Um, so I think, we, I don't know if we had a big game on the Saturday and Mick wanted to change the team up. 
So I, I, I mean, I'd done a bit of training, just like in the gym or whatever, but nothing too difficult. And I've reported Monday morning and um, called us into his office and he says, right, uh, you playing tomorrow night? I'm like, you what? <laughs> he went, I'm making some changes tomorrow. He said, just, you'll be fine. He said, what, what's happened's happened. Forget about it. He says, just go and let your football do the talking. And um, I, I needed that massively. You know, if, yeah. I, if I'd played, did, didn't do that well, then that could have been me finished before I even started. But thankfully it went, what I didn't need was, uh, as soon as I got my first goal, Liam Lawrence came running over pretending to shoot us like that. <laughs> oh, cheers, Lenny. <laughs> and Mick McCarthy was quite good about it all, wasn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant, yeah. Yeah, he was brilliant. You know, I can see why the, bringing the club into disrepute because young footballers um, messing about, you know, but uh, he was always all right. You know, he, he seemed to have me back a little bit. And once it had happened, once I was back in the club on that Tuesday, whatever, mm. Monday, sorry, it was forgetting about. Yeah, but nobody else is forgetting about it. You know, everywhere I go. Yeah, it's mentioned. It's mentioned. Every club I'd signed for afterwards has mentioned it. But so you, you would have been f- well fairly senior at that point. Uh, I'd have been 25, 24, 25. What are your yeah. memories about paintball gear? I take you weren't, weren't you, you involved? I'm sure you bought one. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like PJ and Duncan yeah. from Baker Gold. I do that. To go and buy it. No, man. I can. I can obviously remember. The, the goings on of it and stuff and the stories about it and as you say I remember Taff actually now in the in the corridor mm. and stuff and that but yeah from, from their point of view young lads and you know naive and, and stupid looking back from their point of view if they were 26, 27 doing it you'd be asking big question marks yeah. as well but um, so did you did you, yeah. did you find it funny at the time or were you just like what a bunch of twats or what was your, <laughs> no, what was your opinion yeah you know, if this, you know in this day and age with what's going on in the world recently you, you look at it in a different point of view but yeah, um, yeah. I think you know going back then it's, it's, it always seems to be a bit of a crack around football yeah, yeah, clubs anyway yeah. you know some you know stuff like that you'd, you'd laugh it off with the boys and stuff really and uh, and obviously you know it's carried on for Chris ever since <laughs> infamous for it um, I've got a, a question here so what players um, from your careers have really helped this, uh, helped the teams you've played for in seasons in terms of kind of like forcing you to respond dragging you dragging you through the mud who have you looked at and thought like oh we're going to be alright because we've got him kind of behind us um, I think obviously when when I first came here and obviously you Breeny was like Breeny, the, yeah. Breeny was the yeah. senior Marcus as you mentioned there but Breeny was like the captain and stuff and someone you'd looked up to obviously myself as a defender and Breeny had been there and done it obviously Republic of Ireland and yeah. everything and stuff and been the World Cup and uh, so yeah from from that point of view for for well in terms of, I was 24 when I signed here but I was a young lad in terms of experience coming from a League 2 club and to come to a, a club like Sunderland at that time it was a he was a, a big help in a way, you know, looking at him in training and, mm. and just l- learning stuff day to day at the training ground. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had the same mentality as Mick, you know what I was saying about it didn't matter if you were 18 or, or 32. Mm. Like, you tra- me and Breen, got on really well. And, he, he, yeah. you know, sometimes if, if you're a young kid or whatever, you don't, you just keep yourself to yourself. You don't really get them, you don't really integrate them into the group. But he mm. was somebody that made sure that in the, within that changing room, everyone was kind of together. Yeah. And I thought he was brilliant. I've heard that quite a bit from the the lads that I've, I've interviewed from that era because I I like I, I think I've said with a few people like I was never a fan of him as a player but people are almost quite defensive like from that era like yourself you know yeah. we just spoke yeah. about Brini before Stephen Elliott Andy Welsh have all been like no Brini was like brilliant in terms of like solidifying that group him He's and like Stevie the Caldwell between the gaffer and the last yeah. one yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah I sometimes worry I think there's a there's a big thing and obviously we you know none of us here know but there's a big thing when we look at um. There's that myth, isn't of the rotten core of John O'Shea and, and Lee Catamull and, and the management and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to, when I was saying to you before, was the players that you'd look to on the pitch? If, if you were young lads now in the team that we're in, would you be looking to the likes of O'Shea and Catamull? Do you think they're given enough for the situation we're at? Do you think they're, they're given enough experience and, and enough kind of like leadership? Because I think we've lacked a lot of it this season. I think the leadership's sadly come from the young boys. And I think that's been one of our big problems this year as well. Yeah, that is a, that's, that is disappointing if that's the case. Um, but if, you, if, if you're a player, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're not playing well, you know, you're looking at yourself more than anything. You think, right, I need to look after myself, get, me, get my performance right before I can start doing it but I think again it's recruitment you know whoever 
pre-season last year you look and say right we're in the championship I need to get a, a team for the championship full of leaders full of experience who, people who have played at this level before and I just think that's that's been lacking aye there's uh, only really McGeady isn't it that you brought in off the top of my head I can only think of McGeady yeah I mean, and you, I don't know uh, come in yeah not played too much really, but no, yeah, and are, they, are they leaders are you, no, do you look not, at yeah, McGeady and, mean. Not, not an experienced leader in terms of that but I think you, know, you look at him what was it four or five years ago he told Gail Cleese your part in a cup final and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually won the cup, you know what I mean yeah. so one wig in the FA Cup in a way um, he's got something to prove as well did he get a man of the match yeah yeah, did you um, so you've got him, you know, you've got McGeady, you've got you've mentioned Gooch and, and the uh, Honeyman. Some good ex- attacking play there, and yeah. you know, goals seem to have hard to come by whether they did miss the actual target man up there, you know, delivering and stuff. When you look through the spine of the teams that you play them as well, kind of just to compare them, I think the spine was an awful lot better. Um they, sometimes they get sneered at the likes of Gary Breen and Carl Robinson, but it was a good spine for the team then. You had Robert like was a good lad as well, yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, you had like Robbo, Breen and Caldwell and then you had Marcus Stewart up front that was like complimented by like sleeves, yourself, you in defence, um in midfield as well. I mean I'm trying to think, well it had likes of Sean Thornton and stuff like that. There was yeah, it was a good, good blend good of mix mix yeah. next uh, like experience and youth, but it, the, I think the spine in general was good, I think the spine we've got at the minute is probably spineless <laughs> to be honest with you but going back to that point then so myself the, the situation we're in with Grimsby at the minute we've had a tough period since Christmas we hadn't won for 20 games ourselves <laughs> me being this, I'm 37 I'm the senior lad in the team and that's yeah. so you've got to go in on a Monday although you might be wanting to be down yourself you've got to go in put a brave face on and try and pick the lads up on the train yeah. because we've got a lot of young lads who've come in from conference teams as I've mentioned there lads coming on loan from you know Norwich and, and Derby and stuff and if, if you're going out there on the training pitch with a face like thunder, then mm. that you know it's not going to you know go go well with the younger boys. And that. Yeah. So you've got to put on it and you've got to get through training and try and pick them up ready on a Monday morning to go again. On the on the score sheet the other week as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, um, prolific this year. For now. <laughs> <laughs> joint top scorer, second top scorer, second, second top, top scorer. scorer. But um, Indian summer, yeah, got a chip in. I, I had three in about the first. 12 games I think yeah and I've dried up since then but uh, nice to get one a couple of weeks ago yeah, so. I'll never so. forget that game against Villa was it Villa who scored against in the last minute they disallowed it disallowed goal there's nothing oh, wrong with that about I'm still angry about it bastards like, yeah, yeah. One, one last minute would have been yeah. the winner wasn't it and yeah. I mean I can't see what, what was wrong with it to be honest just got above uh, Scott Carson was in goal wasn't he, I think and, someone like that you know, yeah. I don't know you, you jump above a keeper when he's got the arm's length to, to get above you and still remember yeah, that yeah, disappointing but. right we'll do a bit of a full and preview before we go into some questions there uh, Full and preview. Doesn't matter, does it really? So, shall we move on? I mean, in, in a sense, <laughs> no, no, it yeah, doesn't. But way. it always matters, doesn't it? When it's, I mean, at, at risk of sounding corny here, it's Sunderland or Sunderland. It always matters to me in Sunderland. Uh, uh, it I guess. matters, but like in the grand scheme of things, I, Fulham I away is a minute away, day though. No, it is. I like Craven Cottage, but you don't want to get hubbed five 0 and Mitrovic to score. I was going to say he's bounced going. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just. We may as well just accept it. In fact, I might put some money on when we leave here because I, I missed out on the bench. He, so, I mean. Here's a question though: If if Mitrovic scores, is he going to like rip his shirt off and, and run around the pitch like he did last time and get all the get Newcastle <clears> fans jumping on him, or do you think it'll just be a a hand in the air celebration? I don't know but he's been flying hasn't he I know that's ah, good. they were good the other night I watched them against Millwall they were three and out didn't they they were class to be Sessignon fair. and stuff like that yeah, and Millwall's football. been flying as well yeah yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. they played some good football mm. right we'll move on to some Twitter questions Graham Field uh, this is one for you Danny um, who are your three picks from the lower league that um, Sunderland should look to bring in um, I did get asked this a bit the other day actually um, someone mentioned about Akin Femmer coming in obviously played against him <laughs> this year <laughs> You know, he'd cause anyone problems. He's a he's a big old lump, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know whatever league. If there's balls coming in the box, and that he's, he's an absolute handful. Um, <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of strikers in, in League Two and stuff. Um, Accrington have obviously come up this year. Billy Key's got a, a load of goals for them, and and the lad up top within Caden Jackson. He was actually on loan with us at Grimsby last year, but for some reason we played him out wide on the left. But he's a striker, and he's he's played with <laughs> Billy Key up top, and he's got he's got a fair few goals. He's quick, and he's got a few goals this year, and they've helped them. Um, who else would I say? You know, coming from League Two, who else has been good players in our league? Hilton's got a few. James Collins, the lad at Luton. So they, you know, there are some good boys. And yeah. if you go back to the time we come here, obviously I came in from League Two. Liam Lawrence came in from League Two, and, and Dean White had all three Dino. of us came in at yeah. the same time. You know, so Mick had had a good, good scope in the lower leagues. And if if Sunderland can get the recruitment, looking at some of the boys from down there, then you, you can get a few. In. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chris. What advice would you give to our current young young strikers at the club that would help with their development? I, th- 
Well, we spoke a bit about before about the, the loan situation. Mm -hmm. You, you want to be eager to get games under your belt. Um, and if it comes to a point next season where they're not going to be in and around the first team, then they're going to be they're going to have to play some games. But um, hopefully, you get. I mean, who's the, the, the Swedish the Swedish Sora? I mean, there's by all accounts, they might they'll be lucky to keep hold of him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Obviously, Fletcher will go back, won't he? So there, there is a, an opportunity there for for a couple of young lads to come through and just grasp the opportunity. Because young Nelson's been on loan at Falkirk, and uh, like I was saying before, I, I work with a um, Falkirk season ticket holder, and he, he raves about Robson, but he he loves Nelson. He says exactly. he's not sure if he could reach like championship level, but he says League One. You know, he puts himself about. He's he's out for the season now, though. Bless him. He got a whack in the head, didn't uh, he? Yeah, yeah, Which but we talked about Knox and being like battle scars and stuff like that. He's not going to be frightened to go into a challenge in League One now because he's been. It's telling knocked. as well. I was speaking to him the other day, and um, he's staying up there through through his recovery. Nice. Like he, he likes it up there, so he's. Oh, obviously must be a good night out. Yeah, <laughs> I can attest. Falkirk is not a very good night out. He's obviously Glasgow got a is. bit of a got a bit of a rapport with the area, so he's yeah, um, yeah that's he's good. Stayed, he stayed up there, which is canny. I remember, sorry, when we went down with Doncaster at the League One, it was the season after Jufi and all that was there. He brought all the the French lads in, and on the first day of pre-season, he just he sat us all down. He said, well, "I'm going to sign a team of men." So he went and signed Rob Jones from Sheffield, who was six foot seven. Jamie McComb from um, Huddersfield, I think it was. It was six foot six, and he just went right. League One's going to be a horrible league to play, in, and I just need people to head the ball out the box. Yeah. Yeah. And Rob Jones, he got us promoted that year. Just sheer presence, both boxers, and that's what that league's going to be about, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the difference. I think League One, League Two, it's different from Championship to Premier League. Yeah. Really, there's a step down obviously from Premier League to Championship for the, I'll say, bottom half of the Prem to the to the Champ. And then I think if you go again, League One and League Two, it's it's different football. Yeah. Um, another question for Danny from Gav. He says, "What sort of impression do you think you left on the supporters after your time at the club, and what would you say your Sunderland legacy is?" Um, I enjoyed I had a great five years here. I loved it. Um, didn't want to leave. Obviously, you know, I was happy here and enjoyed my football. And uh, but that, that happens as part of football. Then, obviously, the two promotions. Um, sandwich with a relegation in the middle of that but again that's a big learning curve you know we had a lot of young lads that season it was all, certainly my first year in the Premier League the year before um, and then we came back a little bit, bit stronger and we had a couple of seasons after that when we came back up in the Premier League and just a great place to play football when the stadium's rocking and things are going well it's a great place to play and uh, mm. you know they love the football bit. There's a lot of questions asking if um, both of you fancy playing the League One next season. <laughs> I don't think that desperate yet for me to come back but <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't mind to be fair yeah, <laughs> 10 minutes up the road <laughs> um, for Chris again um, ask him what it was like to score his first goal uh, for Sunderland and what did your dad say um, I think I remember my first league goal more than the, the crew ones mm -hmm. and because crew, crew was in the capital one crew was yeah one crew lost on penalties was it yeah yeah, yeah. and then um, we played Ipswich a few weeks after um, I came on 20 minutes to go and Darren Carter's put one on a plate for us mm. and it was uh, it was just weird you know season ticket holder at the stadium I like probably four or five years prior and then you know, it was a dream come true really yeah I can imagine I can imagine it was uh, Danny which manager has motivated you most throughout your whole career and why um, I'd put Mick in me top one or two managers definitely mm. um, obviously he gave me the chance to come up and play a higher level and as, we, as we've said there great manager tells it as it is and he's honest with you and um, other managers I would say Gary Speed with Wales yeah, good. obviously yeah. took us onto the next level uh, just changed everything about the setup with Wales it, it went more modern because he'd just finished playing himself and we went some, from something like 110th in the world up to the top 50 and then obviously Chris took it on from there you know the last couple of years and uh, so them two, them two probably are good cool Chris uh, how do you think Sunderland will do in League 1 Right now, I, th I think they'll struggle. You know, if you're looking at what the the team is, um, who's going to be there? Um, obviously, the cloud we spoke about that's over the club at the minute. I can't see any positivity really. You know, something's going to have to have to give. Um, but it's going to be all about the recruitment. You know, saying do, if you're going to spend any money, you want to look. Do you want League One experience? That play, people that have played at that level who know how to get out of that league. Or do you want to go down the route of signing young lads? Um, I think that might have cost Coleman a little bit when he came in because he had, uh, well, by all accounts, that he wanted to play a certain brand of football. 
um, signed players accordingly. And I don't think that was required, you know, with, with the amount of time left of the season or whatever. Um, the fact that they were desperate for results, I think it was a difficult time midway through the season to start, you know, trying to play some football. And um, so I think moving forward, he's going to have to get, like we say, a team of men and just yeah. grind it out because the, 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 the horrible playing Saturday, Tuesday, all it's the a long time. Season, isn't yeah. it? It's a balance, and I think, as you say, there you, you can bring a few young lads in, but you need three or four good, experienced lads in there to, mm. to help them boys yeah. through as well. Don't you? And the fans might not be happy with it. You know, they might sign somebody who you think this is what it's come to. But yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll have had experience of getting out of that league, and then you know, if he's not, if they get promoted, they might not be good enough for the championship. Right, fair enough. But he'll have job, done man. his job. Get big parking up front. Aye. Might be going at the end of the season. He's a big lad. <laughs> you can sprint. I seen that video the other day. How do you think we'll do in League One, Graham? Because a lot of Sunderland fans seem to think we'll walk out. I've seen more. I've seen a couple of quite uh, pessimistic Sunderland fans, given the run we've had recently as well. I think taking yesterday out of the equation, which was obviously a a disappointing day I think there's been some slight positivity crept back in with like the performances McNair and Gooch and Honeyman and we did play quite well against Red and Norwich Leeds and I was quite impressed by how we played I think um, I think a lot of it depends on what happens in the summer I don't mean like who we're buying and who we bring in and stuff like that I think what really needs to change is the ownership of the club and if there's a, a chance of the ownership changing I think you know the fan base will turn as soon as short goes imagine how good that day is going to be and I think that's what people need to concentrate on he will be gone at some point and I mean I know we've, the person that comes in might not be that great but he's going to have be- like at least a bit of interest for that particular season and the sooner he comes in how mint is that day going to be when short just like fucks off like and once that positivity comes back when, when Sunderland's in a snowball of positivity much like any club in the northeast, as much as I hate saying that if there's a snowball of positivity it does it really it drives you on you, you like look how negative the season was when we're talking about you know the seasons you had when Quinny was in charge that negativity like went to South End we got beat 3-1 I remember going down on the coach and I remember feeling that we were going to get beat then went to Berry and oh can I get beat off Berry because of the bottom of the, the football league at the time we got beat that negativity does snowball but then when Roy Keane came in and there was a different mindset and a couple of players got signed all of a sudden that positivity snowballed and we didn't get beat for 20 odd games apart from Colchester and I think with Sunderland you just need to shift the mindset if the mindset can shift by the club being sold by Short and someone coming in and just saying I mean it didn't even take that much when Coleman came in to say, he said a couple of positive things about wanting to be here and there was that like little hub of positivity yeah, boost, wasn't it? That, that's what needs to change I think you know I think there's been players we've brought in that are big names that have failed there's been players that we brought in that are absolute no marks that have done well so I think you know I would like to think that no matter who we bring in no matter if it's Lambert and Butler do you know what I mean like Mike Bassett <laughs> sort of days but I'd like to think the fans understand why they've been brought in but I think if there's a positive mindset surrounding the club because the ownership has changed I think that'll snowball because we should realistically be looking to be coming back up I think we could struggle if I think we will struggle if the ownership doesn't change because that negative cloud around the club mm. it's going to have the same effect as had this season we're going to get beat first three or four games and it's going to spiral on what needs to do is something needs to change it in the same way that when Roy Keane came in we'd lost five six games Roy Keane came in went and played West Brom won the best side in the league won two now yeah. we went to Derby and won you scored obviously down at Derby Frost Wallace scored and we just—I mean, it wasn't perfect for the first few months, but once we hit that January, and you got mm. a few of these, like Johnny Evans and Danny Simpson, and that positivity just it's about, snowballed. It's about building confidence, isn't it? And we've just—we've just, we've just built our confidence for the past mm. two years. We're just shattered. Get out of that malaise, isn't it? We're just shattered. I think the fan base. I think that the people who are connected to the club are just shattered by. Mm. Like, how, and, how hard uh, is it to turn around that confidence? So obviously, you've played in relegation sides. Coming into the, the league, is it a, a complete fresh start, or have you still got a bit of a hangover? Um, well, obviously, good looking at Sunderland's point of view there. Didn't help Newcastle went the other way, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. and they've kicked on and you know, been recent weeks there having a good time of it. And yeah, so that's not matters. But like reminding us, no, in terms of us, yeah, when when you've gone down and that, you know, you get your five six weeks summer break, don't you? Uh, Trying, you know, you, it's it's in your head for a while, and then you know, the closer you come to getting back for pre-season training, you're getting your head ready and, you, and you're ready to go again, and you know, you want to put the the wrongs right, so to speak, and. Um, mm. You know the gaffer obviously will bring new players in to freshen up who's who's not had that mindset of having the relegation. Um, that they pull some lads through as well, as you said that you know, within the first four or five games we were off to a bad start. Yeah. 
you, you get some fresh faces in the building and it picks the lads up as well and the competition for places gets better and, and you know it just all snowballs into well for just us it did anyway winning positivity even if, even if you look at like just taking like your, the snapshot of like I remember um, the start of that season I remember I think you made a mistake against Plymouth which allowed I just got to remember the fans hammering you for yeah, it was that three was that three two uh, yeah. I put, yeah. put it out my mind ever so slightly yes it was I think um, <laughs> by the end of the season you, you, you're playing at left back which is technically at that point was sort of out of position for you because yeah. you were centre off yeah, but also, yeah. You were like a cult hero by the end of the season, and that's why I don't buy into people saying like it's hard to play under Sunderland fans. We'll give anyone a chance. We'll, you can change that mindset. I think it's just a case of being like rolling up your sleeves, being ready for the job, yeah. and changing that mindset that people have. And I think at the minute everyone just hates everyone because of the mess that we're in. But I think the only way to change it right now is for Short to kind of like remove himself and someone to come in and just be like, right, fresh start. Here we go. This is League One. This is where we're at. I'm trusting whether it's Coleman or someone else that you trust to go in charge and just injecting a bit of positivity like two two wins on the bounce three wins on the bounce on the flip side that's we're feeling at the moment going into League One what if we lose those first four games but what if we win them and we've got new ownership and we've got a good team all of a sudden like mm. the, the, the people will go back to that stadium if we're winning in League One and we're doing well yeah. not because they're fickle it's just at the moment yeah. people don't feel like there's anything to support I think and it's, I, I don't it's, it's not like our our support's shocking anyway I know the attendance yeah, is a fudge to a degree but there's thousands. still thousands coming yeah. and I think if anything it's a mark of how good our support has been that the, the drop off is so noticeable mm. for me from and a I, player's point of view I noticed a bit yesterday with, with Steely you know like I just don't think no Posi- nothing positive could come out of say when he makes a save it's all ironic cheers ah, yeah. see, stuff, see, see, stuff like that in, in the self stand we, we were quite behind him uh, he wasn't he wasn't getting the ironic cheese he was getting any uh, when he came out for half time he tapped the badge and he put his fist up and I thought it might have been a bit of a turn up point for Jason mm. Steele yesterday actually from, from where I was sitting in the self stand he was definitely getting a lot of support I mean I was I was speaking to Graham yesterday about because uh, I was at Blackburn with him and um he is a confidence keeper, you know. Mm. Yeah. And I think footballers are, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Last line of defence as well, yeah. aren't you? I've played yeah. with Campy, and I know Campy's obviously coming under a bit of flack as well. And However mistake at yeah. Reading last week and stuff and that. And um, but I've played with him at Forest and at Rotherham. He's my keeper. Then he's steady away. Do you know what I mean? So when times are tough, and as I say, you're the last line of defence, and you're making mistakes, it's going to play mm. on your mind. And yeah. as you say, there, if you're getting a few of the fans on your back, then I think it's been difficult because Gary Boyer at Blackburn. He wasn't sure if Steely was going to be number one, mm-hmm. and I could see it was affecting Steely. You know, he needed he needed somebody to come in and say, "Right, you're, you're my number one. This is how it's going to be." Um, He's definitely not had that here. No, and I, that's none of them have. We were speaking about it, and it was just, so for for the first three or four months, he, he he didn't look himself. And as soon as Lambert came in, he says, "Right, you're my number one." Started praising him after game, just little things. You know, if he kept us in the game last minute, he he just single him out. Mm-hmm. You know, I finished his team talk. So Steely, you kept us in the game, outstanding, and he just grew his confidence. And he was one of the best keepers in the league. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, beginning of this season, there was uncertainty of whether he's going to be number one. Um, he got brought in and out with the team, and that affects players. You know that. Yeah, there's obviously you know, everyone. Players are different. Managers have to know, but some some uh, players need an arm rounder. Others can take a bollocking. It's all right, <laughs> you know, don't they? It yeah. is, isn't it? Sometimes nah, you know, I play with lads and they can't take it. They go into the shell if they if yeah, forget yeah. after them in the changing rooms. They shrivel and that. And as you say, you've got another players who need an arm around them, a little pick me up, and uh, it's just not management. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I see that with Steele as well. I think, um, I mean, he, he he did genuinely look a little bit good. He, he, he was no, trying to was. have a laugh and a, and a smile and whatnot when I, when I when I seen him. But I, you know, I don't I don't know the lad, but I think you can see. He's he's north, he's lovely. Yeah. He? Yeah. Yeah. Um but I think I think you can see with Jason Steele on the pitch, like there there is such a confidence element of it and it sometimes it makes me think, you know, is he better off elsewhere for his own sake and ours, I think because I think he can turn the perception around. I think anyone can. Mm. I think there's a lot of players that have done it, and I don't agree that Sunderland fans don't don't let it turn around. To be fair, Liverpool have had it, haven't they? With their two keepers, Carrius yeah. and Mendy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've been under the cosh a bit, so to speak. And Carrius, they seem to be singing yeah. his praises recently, and that's so. You promote mm. my podcast, sir. Was it, mate? Under the cosh. <laughs> is it all you And you won't get it in. <laughs> I was going to try and bring that in. How much are you paying him? <laughs> go, on, uh, go on, Chris, tell us about your, your podcast, where we can find it, what is it, etc. Uh, it's, it's a podcast I've started doing with John Park and who I was at Preston with. Um, just general stories from our playing days. We're getting different guests on every week. 
just talking about their careers um, releasing every fortnight get it on iTunes it's called Under the Cosh but it's without the E so U-N-D-R um, and we're enjoying it you know for me personally it's because I fell out the game now it's, it's almost a bit like a therapy you know mm. speaking about your bad times speaking about your good times and not having a bit of a laugh along the way Mm. It's, uh, it's been good so is it hard making that transition from I'm guessing with the, with the way you exited through injuries as well from not being able to play to what do you do with that energy what do you do with the stories is that is that difficult uh, well I mean for six months I did I did nothing mm. you, you know you just kind of gather your thoughts and but the thing that's helped us is the last few years when I was at Blackburn and Bury I just didn't enjoy going in mm. I just stopped enjoying it and wanted to be away from it so that's helped us rather than it wasn't an instant I was playing playing well and then it just got cut short Mine was a gradual thing where I just kind of knew that mm. I, I wasn't wasn't enjoying playing anymore. Yeah, and Danny, you're, you're stay, staying around Grimsby next season. You continue uh, continue playing. I don't know what's happening yet. No, I've um, I've spoke with the manager last week. Actually, he called me in and he, he does want me to stay next season, have another year. But I'm not sure yet. I'll have to wait up over the next few weeks. Mm. Um, you know, a few games under me, 42 games under my belt this year. Still feeling okay. You know, still feeling quite fit. So I'll keep going and. Uh, Get to the forty mark, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're looking for you know free transfers, Bosman, Bosman yeah, transfers. So if you're up for playing left back, yeah, <laughs> pop in next week. And club captain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, anything, anything else to add? Uh, no, just no. I'm fun, after fun, this episode fun because my ass is going to kill us if I, I'm supposed to be making it for lunch or well, for lunch tea, for tea. I so I'm a bit late. It's <laughs> actually a thumb on James's head right now. Ah, he has um, a tattoo of a thumb on. Can't see it, but it is there. Uh, no, enjoyed it. My my you first time. Catch as well, yes, oh. going back to Glasgow. Um, my missus is the opposite. She just wants me to stay here. I think. <laughs> um, but no, it's been been good to be in like a studio instead of in me me spare room speaking to someone I don't know about how shit my team is um, so um, speaking in the studio about how shit my team is <laughs> same shit but kind of a, a different a different arena shall we say aye, aye. right lads thanks for coming on Graham cheers right. cheers lads Chris thank you good stuff Chris, come, come back some man Chris both of you and Danny yeah, of course right I've been James Copley your host thank you for listening to the Rope Report podcast and enjoy League One next season Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.